Welcome to Strange Tales from Outer Space. I think that's pretty flawless. What do you guys think? I don't know. I'm still watching it on the stream. I yep. I screwed up. Just just just. Oh. Just just. Let me do that one more time. Ready? Can you say welcome? welcome. Okay, fine. Welcome to Strange Tales from Outer Space, episode <laughs> 51. The five of us are here this week to talk about all the news and views in Wildstar Online. Uh, if you haven't noticed, I am not alone. Thank you for sticking out your tongue. <laughs> I have always with us Krug. Hi, I'm Krug, and I am not... A small child? A small child, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what to say, but... For the best, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, acting as a small child and being a small child is two different things entirely. Oh! What oh, are these? Just for you, right here. Here you go. <laughs> I have indigo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give rude gestures. You brought her. Just saying. <laughs> Our special guest this week, Cadium. Hi, everybody. I'm Cadium. I'm a senior game designer on Wildstar, for those who don't know. Yay. Woo! Finally. I keep getting a push talk on. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm super excited about this, and the reason I'm super excited is because it, we have been t talking to Cadium in chat since, I want to say, like, since we started doing the live streams. Oh, forever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so it's been, it's super awesome that we, we finally actually have you on the show. It only took a couple arm twistings, a couple knee breaks. <laughs> a few and... weetings on my part, yeah. It's, it's been a while, but you know, I'm here, it's great. Yes, I'm super excited about it. Oh man, and what I would have given one. to be in those meetings. Yeah, I want to go <laughs> on Strange Tales from Outer Space. What's Strange Tales from Outer Space? Um, this podcast so I had about to our show. it a couple times. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's these three guys with way too much time on their hands. Right? Apparently. <laughs> they really like our show. They really like our stuff. Uh, okay. Um, there's bigger places that we should be going to. <laughs> in, in our building, people. Like, <laughs> Multiple and times. And obviously, I can't do this one alone this week, so I have. I'm going to call her Jelly Bean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you. You're Jelly Bean. I'm not giving you your real name. She's so gonna someone's scream gonna go play it. with play. She's gonna scream it. I know. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And there goes her identity forever. Uh, and Krug, how was your week this week? My week was really good. I've been doing uh, lots of PvP. Uh, I I mentioned a while ago. Oh, okay. So I mentioned a while ago that my my I had deleted all my gear on accident. Not all of it. Most of my gear on accident. Uh, I'm pretty much back up to where I should be at this point, and it feels so much better. Uh, like I can actually make a difference in fights and like keep people healed through like more than falling off of a two-foot ledge uh, <laughs> It's really good. Love PvP again uh, because I'm, I'm actually a competitor uh, I also want to tell everybody something that I changed the Twitter account that I manage So there's no longer an official Strange Tales Twitter account. That's just my Twitter account now uh, So the Strange Tales Twitter account changed to Krug QT, which stands for Krug QT. finally times. killed the uh, yeah. finally killed the uh, what was it called? The like the HAL 3000 of our Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> well, Strange Tales still might come and, and take over, but it's it's going to be called Crude QT from now on. Uh, it's not disturbing at all. Right? It's That's how our Twitter account works. I uh, fear for all of your it Twitter gains accounts sentence. that have any kind of access to Crude QT. Every once in a while. <laughs> uh, so that having been said, you can still get all of your Strange Tales news from the QTimes Twitter account, which is at underscore QTimes. Is that correct, Indigo? Yes. Yes. Well, there you go. So yeah, go ahead and follow uh, him, which is actually both me and him, and uh, and get your Strange Tales news as well as news from all the other Q Times uh, content that we put out. Doom, I'm done. Indigo, how was your week this week? Next person. So uh, I drove all the way up to San Francisco on Friday. I did a mud run yesterday, and then after the mud run, I did a. Um, 
I went to like the Winchester Mystery House and I went through mm. that whole place and I did like the super grand ballroom blah 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 tour. And it was fun. I had a really good time. But the the problem is I did a mud run and then I turned around and then continued to walk like two some uh some odd miles after yeah. that through that building. And so I was a little tired and then I have been sleeping uh under a uh sleeping under a truck i don't know why i was about to say that uh, i was sleeping on a couch the the last two nights and so i was super sleepy and tired and then i drove six hours back to be back here for this because i wa- really 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 wanted to be here it was important to me <laughs> um i played a lot of wildstar with krug but nothing like super interesting to talk about it was just just pvp and, and this is where doc would normally go Doc, I'm is... back. I'm back. We're, we're, we're back on back on track. <laughs> uh, the Winchester Mystery House. That's the one that's haunted, right? Well, it's the one where allegedly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, the Winchester family who invented the Winchester repeating rifle. The husband died, and then the wife was like haunted by spirits of all of the people that died from the Winchester rifle because that's what won the the West. And so she, she was told from a medium that if she she had to find a new home and then uh, start building on it, and if she uh, builds on it 24 hours a day, constantly, nonstop, that then the spirits would no longer haunt her. And so that's why she has a crazy amount of like weird ass shit. If you'd like to learn more about the Winchester Mystery House, please go anywhere else but here. (laughs) That's not what we're here to talk about. Hey, you asked the the Winchester House from outer space. Anyway, (laughs) more importantly, KDM, how was your week this week? Uh, It was a good week. Um, Some of the less fun aspects of game design this week, I made about 140 quests for reasons. Um, And that was just because. Uh, no, there were there were reasons. There were good reasons, mind you. Uh, but yeah, that's a whole lot of data entry and not a lot of using my brain, so it kind of leaked out of my ears a little. But, <laughs> I mean, that's that's how game design goes. Sometimes it's all fun and games and fun ideas, and sometimes I am putting things into a tool for eight hours a day. Yeah, I, well, thank I, you for I that. Because that means more quests for us to do, unless yep. you hate daily quests, and then in that case, I have no pity for you. <laughs> not you, general you. <laughs> as for me this week, uh, sorry, I'm a little distracted. I didn't get a chance to play as much Wildstar as I wanted to. I was able to get some alt stuff down, and this week I was trying to finish my attunement for World Bosses. I've been trying for the last two months off and on to do it. I finally got a group together. I'm like, yeah, I only need Zoetic. I need Zoetic. Go to World of Run. We get everybody over there. We kill all the ads. We had Dominion players helping us. There's maybe 30 people. It's Dominion and Exile. We take down Zoetic, and... Nothing happens. Nothing at all. No achievement. I double check my, my log. The achievement is gone, and I'm still at 91%. And uh, I, I, I'm done. I'm done. That's it. I'm done. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> I can raise both, both my hands up to have the, ship, the push to talk on it. I'm just going to buy a damn key. I'm just going to buy a pristine key and just be broke for a while. You're not going to be able to I, afford I, it ever. I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck. I, I'm, I'm a little frustrated. Other than that, I'm designing and having fun doing that. That was my week this week. Cool, bro. <laughs> awesome. So you know now that we're on that, to the strange tales of the week. Woo! Yeah. So first and foremost, we do have a little bit of sombering news. If you have not been paying attention to the shufflings around in the game industry, Mike Higgins, which was Wildstar's lead animator, and Rob Martin, who was a senior UI designer, have moved on to other opportunities, which is a fancy way of saying they're not here anymore. Correct. Mike Higgins is now with Riot, and I can't remember where Rob went off to. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think he's mentioned it publicly yet. Okay, so, uh, which it totally sucks, but, um, I mean, Mike Higgins did some awesome stuff. I really love the stuff that he was posting this week of, like, posting, like, just random sketches of Chua's and, like, how much yeah. is it? Oh, misdrawing these guys. Yeah, like, he did a lot of the character in the Chua. If you look at the Chua emotes and, like, how sad they get when they cry and all that sort of thing, like, that's all Mike Higgins. He's amazing. Uh, we're totally going to miss him, but I'm... I'm sure he's going to do awesome stuff at so. I remember meeting him when we did our, our walkthrough, and I made the mention that I love the uh, the way the, that they're employing the squash and stretch method of animation to Wildstar, which you don't see that often in MMOs anymore. No. Uh, you see it a little bit here and there. But for some reason, everyone just kind of sticks to these rough, stiff, rigged animations and bringing this kind of Tex Avery quality to the characters, to the world in general, even watching the way the leaves move. I've always been a big fan of. And uh, Indigo. You're killing Indigo. That's all right. If it's not lore, it's animation. And I'm going to miss that. But I'm glad that whoever comes into Mike Higgins' place can keep that kind of fun 2D style alive. And that's the thing about stuff like this. Like, either somebody new will come and take his place and do a really good job, or somebody new will come and do a really bad job, and then he'll go away too, and then we'll get somebody (laughs) else that does a good job. Yeah, no despair. We've got a lot of really awesome talented guys still in Wildstar. There are tons of talented people out there. So, like... I honestly and like I, I never would assume or never would say that it's good for somebody to leave, but it's always nice to you know have a fresh take on things and and that might lead to some really really nice you know changes that we all appreciate. It's not There's necessarily a just a bad shift. thing. There's been a great shift in the mentality too. I know before we were saying oh some people have left and if we're not talking about the 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 60 people that were let go, but every time you see an MMO someone leaves, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And I'm starting to I'm starting to see that the community is realizing that. Yeah, where great. you have people that start up a project, then as time goes on, as a project's been established, they will move on to other opportunities. That's what they do. And you have a whole new team that comes up to maintain it. The original team from WoW, not everybody's still there. Only a few people. Yeah. Everyone that's worked on Aeon and everything else, and we're, gonna, we're getting into that with Wildstar. Well, just to give you a little bit of insight, I mean, unlike working on normal games, um, MMOs don't stop. Right? Like, they just right. keep going and going and going, and Normally, in game design, you have a, a set end to your project, right? And that's not true with MMOs. It just keeps going forever. And a lot of people find that, you know, they just need a creative switch. And that's totally fine. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yep. And like I said, with Mike and with Rob, whatever you guys do, if you guys are listening or someone else is listening, congratulations. for Thank you for all the work you did on this game. And we really mm-hmm. hope you guys land on some awesome stuff at Riot and wherever else Rob goes. So... Let's move on to, yeah, they are pretty cool. Let's move on to the game notes for this week. We have official game notes. Yes. Uh, KDM, you're welcome to chip in however you'd like to. Obviously, <laughs> I know you've already seen these things and contributed to them, so you're probably like, yay, this again. <laughs> hey, I'm happy they're out. <laughs> <laughs> yay. First and foremost, the Battle for the Basin Quest reward and Secure Sarcom Basin Quest are, are now actually working as intended. You can finally do Secure Sarcom Basin in a raid, and Battle for the Basin is finally giving you credit for the public credit for the event. A little bit of insight on this. Um, Starcom Basin was designed before contracts were, and we weren't really expecting at first people to come in on huge raids to do the events, and they were originally meant for smaller groups. So, uh, yeah, this ended up being a little different because we had <laughs> contracts come in, and so obviously we needed to get these switches done. So I'm glad yeah. they're finally in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So are we. For sure. Uh so apparently Duck's a little distracted, so we can keep going. Uh, Aethros <laughs> no longer trolls you by not transitioning between phases, which, um, I mean, like, 
it really never bothered me that much. Like, I've never had a problem killing Aethros uh, after getting to level 50. So whether he switches phases or not, whatever. <laughs> it's, it was this weird thing where once in a while, the phase would take too long or just not happen. So he'd pop away and the three little Aethros gustlings would come out or they wouldn't. It'd take forever in a day and it's just annoying. So I'm glad it's been resolved. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, so in Daggerstone Pass, the minimap was uh, updated for bomb carriers. Uh, the, the bomb carrier icon was updated on the minimap, which is good. Uh, actually, that thing had disappeared for me a lot recently. Yeah. And then I started using uh, the stock minimap add-on and it worked. So I don't know if other people were having issues, but I, I wasn't. Um, and rate, rating and loot bags are now awarded properly, which, thank you. Uh, I like... Yay! Not that I, <laughs> not that I ever win Daggerstone Pass, but sure. <laughs> uh, and this one, and, and for this change, I will say nana nana boo boo, stick your head in doo doo to the people in this podcast, uh, Doc and Indigo, because thank you for I told you so. Uh, Whoa! You told me it wasn't an exploit, and I told you it was. Jump pads in Halls of the Bloodsworn now break CC and uh, prevent CC application for 1.5 seconds. I am Boom, glad it was an exploit. the change is coming to effect. I still didn't. I still initially didn't believe it was an exploit. I was it's pretty wrong, and I'm glad exploit. it was. Yeah, it was, I, I, it was totally. I'm wrong. I'm wrong, and I'm cool being wrong. I don't remember, and oh, I'm yeah. completely wrong. But I don't remember like fighting you saying that it was or was not an exploit. I, I knew that it was there, <laughs> and I when I first watched it, I'm, I I'm just saying because I want you to be wrong. I know, that's why. <laughs> Just makes me happy. Uh, and yeah, so uh, B-Pulse, stop being a troll. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't B-Pulse highlighted the fact that this was yeah, so yeah. And, and Yeah, by, had, by trolling people. Him. So yeah. him and he specifically said, no, look, I did this and I created the video so that I could show that this was happening to get it fixed. Like, there's a difference between telling cool. someone, hey, there's this problem, cool. and then showing a video where, like, devs can sit there and go, oh, cool. And, like, visually see exactly what's happening. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, It's hugely helpful for us, honestly. Like, if you tell us something and you're like, hey, this quest is broken, we're like, okay. What's broken about it? great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to fix it. You're going to need to it's give like me more It's like when someone tells Kruger um, and I, my computer's broken. Okay. You need to know what you can't do. You're going to need to give us information. So having a video like that to just be like, look, this is what I can do. We're like, oh, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know? So. Uh, does somebody want to go over housing? Doc. Yeah, so housing, Algarok, Malgrave, Northern Wilds, Farside, Grimvault, Wilderun, they all have biomes in housing. They'll no longer have a cost associated with them. That's so cool. You just save a little more gold. It's yeah. pretty nice. And the melting pot, if you've been doing the melting pot stuff for the carrot pet, can now be cooled when stirred. Oh, Yay. good. Because we, how many times did we run through that just to get the carrot? Like 35. Uh, and we Nothing had it like my troubled little child. Yeah, we had it like we had it like perfectly timed. Like we we sat there and we're like, all right, we're gonna you were gonna go over there, you were gonna go over here, we're gonna run in immediately, go for them, screw the ads, just throw the things in the pot, we'll kill everything at the end, and that's that way that the 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 pot didn't get too hot at the end. And we we're just like running around like crazy, and we did it like I want to say like fifty times. We, we uh, did it, was, it a lot. It was. Uh, it was kind of fun, actually, because we were just laughing the whole time. <laughs> Melting Pot was made on a Saturday with three devs in, like, eight hours. And... A little insight. Some of us were a little new. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's our troubled child, but That's it's good to pick up next. The best thing I've ever heard. It was made in eight hours by three devs on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you, have the, you, have, you have the truth there. <laughs> Uh, the UI performance fix, st uh, stability fix, uh, and trying to complete more with Forge UI hiccups. What? What hiccups? is this? Hugh, Hugh, Hugh. That's a laugh 
thing, buddy. That that is that is the worst. Laugh. They basically stabilized Welcome and made the the standard stock UI work better, for layman's terms. Basically, everyone's using Forge UI right now, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is better than the standard one." So they said, "Hey, we're gonna fix it, and make it better." So you and, have to use and, Forge UI as much. And this is a personal thing. I it has nothing to do with like how well it works. It has to do with how clean it looks. And that's the reason why I use Forge is because there's not a lot of extraneous stuff involved with it. And it's like completely adjustable and movable and I can do whatever the hell I want with it. Versus but that the also begs the question is that they're both aesthetically pleasing for their own ways. How much can you take away from the stock UI before it just looks like a random grid? Uh, again, we have a uh, um, spreadsheet boy in the group. So. Yeah, especially we would always have it in boxes if it had a choice. Plays way. Yeah, dude, you just get squares with the numbers and like graphs that are or lines that are a percentage of what. Did you remains. hate fun? Did, did someone hurt you when you were young? <laughs> no, but I do like getting information quickly and accurately. That's what I enjoy, and like less obstructive things that gets me my information more quickly. And, is and honestly, I enjoy. this is how I felt about the game when I first started. I really liked the combat. I really liked the art style. I really liked the look. But when I was using the stock UI, at least at first, it felt like I was in the internet in the 1990s where it was just like constant pop-ups everywhere. You and have mail. Like, yeah, Incoming and it was telegraph. like my... my <laughs> My my gaming surface turned from this big where I could see everything down to this because I had this dude trying to t uh, give me a quest and and then I had other things popping up and remember the, the actually Moose just says this don't forget the beta UI where it was like the pyramid oh, the yeah. pyramid of doom and then you had the quest Great. stuff on the right side and then the group yeah. it was just like it turned it and that's why I like Forge is that I have complete control and I could just just shrink it down as small as I possibly can and out of the way so I get more space to... Well, and for to what it's worth, it. you can shrink and move the stock UI as well. Yes. But not, not component by component. Not to the I'm degree that you can do with Forge. But that's the good thing because as long as Forge exists, the UI artists and the UI design team are trying to figure out how to best optimize the look of Wildstar and keep that look when people do screenshots of their kill confirms. They want it to be as much of the original UI as possible. Yep, that's fair. So let's move on. So MMORPG got the first crack at the free-to-play transition details uh, since E3, I should say. <laughs> and Mass Effect got some as well. Which, again, confuses the hell out of me because out of all of the websites that talk about Wildstar, they are the most negative about Wildstar. I have something to say about that. So I actually got to meet, I believe MJ is her name, uh, Guthrie, at the meet and greet, and I made a comment like that, not disparagingly. I said, hey, I'm very <laughs> curious that Mass Effect is here. Because it seems to be that there's an odd disconnect between the reporting of the game and where the game is. She said, I believe, I'm not taking it out of her mouth, but it was something along the lines of, yeah, we kind of noticed that, so we're going to try something a little bit different. We might have the same guy come back and write more articles, but we're going to have a little more um, hands-on with the articles and, and, and be a little more uh, unbiased with it. So I like the fact that this new article came out, and there seems to be legit... Uh, conscientiousness to getting the information right and putting it out there in a way that's not like, haha, down or down or bad, good or bad, either way. Yeah, I'm just saying. I just, I, it was just blew me away that it was like, hey, do you know who we should give uh, the first strike at something? I know a website that has been a total dick to us this whole time. But look, it's okay <laughs> to have negative issues with a product. Yeah, it as long is. as you're, as long as you're giving it in a. Uh, critical way but you're giving it in a, in a in a constructive way sometimes the issues with, exactly 
sometimes the criticism on this end was a little more negative than it needed to be. And this, <laughs> they, Massive VOP has been kind of looking at it going, you know what, we need to be a little more even killed with it. So the three of us are from Q-Times, and then we have Mog Nation and Wildstar Core in chat. <laughs> We're all just like, <laughs> I want first dibs. No, I want dibs. No, no, me, me. <laughs> I will I will fight the halter head on to the Except funny. for except for Behalter's not gonna fight. Uh, Cav is not Cav. Um, oh my God. Do a beard off, Avid. What's the what's the Mog Nation leader? Oh man, Cash. Cash. Yeah, he's gonna fight you. Yeah, and he would. We win. should talk about the actual content now, shouldn't we? Yeah. Oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> okay, so there's been a bunch of stuff that's been revealed. First and foremost, stats are getting a change. Gone are for the most part Moxie and Grit and Brutality. We're gonna be having four major primary stats. They're gonna be armor. Assault power, support power, and health. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to be dumbing down the everything. They're not striking everything off the table and giving you four stats. They're going to be complementing it with the new secondary stats. Cue the pitchforks, cue the fire, cue everything else. Got it. Don't do that yet, though. Oh. Because we haven't seen anything in action. We haven't gotten any details on these four new stats. They gave us an example of where the stats are going to probably go. And the idea behind the stat changes was because a lot of people that were coming in were asking, well, how do I build my Esper versus how do I build my Spellslinger? Well, you need Finesse for your Spellslinger and Moxie for your Esper. Okay, but what if I'm going with Stalker? I need Assault Power. Well, then you want Brutality. But you want Tech for a Support Power? It kind of gave a lot of players this weird mumble-jumbo that I don't quite agree with, but there was enough where they went, okay, we have to relook at this. Yeah, so um, for those of you who are curious, we're going to be having a live stream uh, on the 1st. And we're going to have Steven Ingle on it, I believe, and he's going to be going more into the stats, and there's going to be an AMEA and Reddit afterwards. So if you guys are curious about the stats, you have questions about how they're exactly going to work, that's the place to go and ask your questions. Um, I am not a stat designer, so I don't really have <laughs> a lot of She's a designer. She, she does all the other cool stuff. The stat stuff is a whole <laughs> different team. But we but, do know they did tease us that something like Vigor would show up. There's stats to help complement your game not make it a, a, a mandatory stat. Like, I have to have this much, like we do right now, with strike through soft caps. And so, yeah, really quick, let's talk about Vigor, because I think it uh, gives us an interesting insight as to how the secondary stats are going to work. So Vigor, according to uh, Massively OP, is uh, a stat that will allow players to do more damage the higher their health is. So it kind of incentivizes the healers in your team to keep specific people kind of, like, pocket healed, which it is also very different. your DPS to not die and be Right, dumb. to not stand in red things. But I think also, you know, just not taking damage in general incentivizes that. So I think it's very interesting because this is something that I don't think we've seen from a secondary stat yet, which is uh, you're rewarded from the rest of your team doing something to you by this stat. As opposed to the secondary stats currently, which are just like, you have a higher chance of hitting somebody and dealing more damage, or you have a higher chance of, you, you take more health. Like, it's all internal currently. Oh, did we just lose Indigo? We just lost the No! Oh! <laughs> Yeah, we are back. We are live yeah. now. Woo! I blame Tony Ray for this. Yep, me too. 
Every technical difficulty. He broke our live stream room. He broke our live stream. How dare he? We don't have a live stream room. But... Tony Ray, why? <laughs> anyway, we were talking a little bit about. <sighs> it's okay. It's okay, Indigo. We were talking a little bit about the secondary stats, and we were kind of talking about vigor being an interesting mechanic where it promotes more group play than more individual play. Yeah, it rewards more... good group play as opposed to rewards good individual play, which is, exactly. I think, super interesting. Yeah, it's and interesting it also. Synergy. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned, but it, it also rewards individual play in a way, as you can get out of the bad, you can get out of the bad more, you do more damage, so right. it actually encourages good individual play as well. That's, uh, yeah, the, it's, I, I'm really excited to see what the rest of these stats are, because they mm -hmm. seem very unique, and, uh, and you know, unique, actually, is the only word I can think of. Question for you guys, are you getting, I'm not getting anything on the Yeah, the it doesn't. Page. Oh, no, I'm not. Damn. I just refreshed it. How about now? Oh. Let's see. Let's yeah. see. Come on. Maybe. Come on. Come on, technology. Work for us. Oh, God. Daddy needs a new mm. podcast. Oh. I don't know. Roll this die. It doesn't look like what you think it is. It's just a rolling die. Oh, oh there we go. go. Oh. oh, wait. Yeah, no, it's back up. It's Yay! Back up. Oh. Yay! Oh, thank God. Oh. Yeah, Moose is like, oh, my God. Thank God. I finally have run out of vines to show people. Oh. <laughs> All right, cool. We're back. We back. What up, dogs? So, uh, I'm gonna, like I said go. earlier, I'm gonna blame Tony Ray for all this. If it goes wrong, it broke Tony Ray's fault. Mm-hmm. Just uh, sorry, Tony. It really uh. is. <laughs> so for the third time, I got you, Daddy. we. I got you. Yes, you do. For the third time, <laughs> for the third time, we were talking about how the secondary stats, in this case, vigor, were actually promoting, were actually promoting more group play than individual play. In this, in the case of vigor being the more health you have, the more damage you have. It's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get his utter to be quiet. So, uh, yes. Uh, so, Vigor, if your team can keep you healed up, uh, yes. then then you deal more damage, which is interesting. That's not really a, a dynamic you see in secondary stats currently. Uh, usually the secondary stats, as far as I can think of, the secondary stats currently only reward your own personal behavior as opposed to also rewarding behavior that your team like exhibits. So, for example, right. a healer keeping you healed. Yes. Yeah. Boom. Um Sorry, I don't. I'm I'm slowly getting back on. I, I still got to pull up notes. I don't have notes up, so Great. I can't I can't help. <laughs> totally you don't need to help. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what the rest of those what the rest of those stats are because they seem really unique and and like they bring a whole new like dynamic to building your character. Uh, for example, don't build vigor if you have crappy healers. <laughs> well, this is or my if question. You're bad at getting out of the bed. Or if yeah, if you're bad at like, getting out of the bed. The more health you have, the more da damage you can do. Help and balance out. Well, this is my question to you guys. Um, What's your opinion about all the pitchforks and everyone coming out and being very, very upset about it? Part of the pitchforks is because we don't know specifics yet. That's fine. It's a knee-jerk reaction. I'm a little okay with that. We won't know anything until we get onto the PTR to test it for ourselves. So exactly. I would like people to put the pitchforks down until you have a legit reason to put them back up. It's perfectly reasonable to be concerned. Um, but And we have a lot of theory crafters in, in the community who really love crunching numbers and getting in there. The beta will have access to all of this stuff. They'll be able to go to get in, crunch numbers, check it out. So if they haven't signed up for beta yet, sign up for beta. Because do it. Do your part. That yep. will be your preview. Well, and then you'll be able to give us all the feedbacks. Every <laughs> single one of the feedbacks. And it's not just stats that got changed. We're actually getting more and new uh, items. We're actually getting a new... Is it a dungeon or a story instance? It's a story instance. So Alpha Sanctum is a level 15 story instance, kind of like the Drusara instances, and it okay. shows a little bit more insight into the different Elden Orders and all of that. So, 
It's pretty cool. And what did you do in, with this one? Hmm? I did, did nothing. You did nothing? <laughs> She's like, you know those rewards it. that you get afterwards? I deal with those. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that, but I, I played it once. <laughs> awesome. And we actually do have pretty. a little bit of video from the Alpha Sanctum a little further down in our notes. You'll be able to see a little bit what it looks like from an older build. Yes. If I'm not yes. mistaken. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. See, everyone yeah, agrees with yes. me on that one. Uh, there's a few more big... There's a few more bigger changes. <laughs> All right. There's a few big, a few more big changes that uh, these articles were talking about. For example, Sprint is now always on outside of combat, which yes. is apparently something that a lot of people have been scratching their heads over. So, yeah, there's a lot of concern uh, regarding this particular change. Um, this is how it works, just to let you guys know. I've clarified this in the forums, but just to reiterate, it's a toggle. I think currently it's bound to numpad period, but I think it's, you know, it's rebindable. You can do whatever. And when you hit that button, you can switch between walk, run, and sprint. And there's no resource anymore outside of combat. It's infinite no matter what you're doing. And you can just switch between all three of those at any given time. In combat, it switches to run being the default speed, and your resource bar is back. You can hold down shift to sprint. The same thing that happens in game currently happens in combat. Which is awesome, because uh, trying to get from one place to another with my feet while not in combat is uh, slow and tedious and annoying. And it's like, I've been doing this thing in dungeons when traversing from, from one like pole to another pole, when I'm trying to figure out what the most efficient way to sprint and then use my like urgency, which is my movement ability, uh, and like what the most like what the fastest method of use combining all those things is because urgency sure. gives you a speed boost so I have to like yeah. sprint until I have 50% and then walk until I have like full sprint and then use urgency and then sprint till I have 0% and then wait for it to recharge while I'm walking like it's just dumb but it's nice to just be able to like alright I'm gonna just use urgency on cooldown and hold the W key and get there as fast as I get there um, so there's a quick yeah. question from wait, wait the good. chat and they ask uh, Lethality asks can we still use the shift sprint key in the open world well, yeah, it's it's just in combat, though. So out of combat, shift sprint doesn't work because sprint is infinite if you have it toggled on. Um, it's whatever speed you have toggled on at the given time. Okay. Like, that was such an odd change for me that I, I like the fact that you should clear, some clarification on it. It's interesting. Yeah. And also, we have a big thing about primes. So primes got a massive change coming into drop six. Now, if you've been playing through the game or leveling through, you'll notice that you'll be running into these giant red things. Why does a giant red thing have interrupt armor on it? Why is a giant red thing hitting me? Why is a giant red thing owning me? And why am I dead? So, <laughs> Gordish was one of the CRB Gordish was one of the team members that were put onto the primes team and the rarest team. And he did make some clarifications on the official forums that explain why this change is happening. So this change is they're being moved around. Uh, they're, gonna, they're not going to be on like the periphery. They're not going to be on the edges of everything. They're just not going to be smack dab in the middle for the most part when you're trying to do your, your questing stuff. And he mentions that at launch, they weren't implemented as well as he had hoped and as parts of the team has had hoped. So what they're going to do with Drop 6 in the free-to-play transition is make them more of a ramping challenge throughout your leveling experience uh, and make them look at the people that are leveling. Honestly, I like them a little better as as uh, incidental pulls. Like, I really liked having, like, oh, I really have to kill this one mob. It's surrounded by three, like, challenging mobs. That was my favorite thing in the world. That was, I love that so much. 
so much especially in uh daily zones because you're like trying to like farm you know a certain mob for a certain daily quest and there's the opposite faction trying to gank you and then you're just like i'm gonna walk over here and hope that this aggro's on you because you hit it on accident and it, it works a lot and it's really funny and it makes me really happy <laughs> yes the, and I, I do pull all the reds all the time the the yeah actually you just answered the question uh if, if a loot for rares are going to change that's a, that's another question yeah, um, they're getting loot review as far as I know. Um, I don't know what specifically is going to be on them, but mm -hmm. they are getting looked at at the very least. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see. What's the next little piece of news on here since Doc ran away? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Krug, where were we? I just it's the jump sell button. I believe yes. the next one. Oh, you mean the thing <laughs> that has been on add-ons since day one? That yeah, I've uh, had since day one because add-ons America. Uh, that's awesome. I'm I'm, yes. I'm finally finally happy that that's an existent. I I'm confused why it didn't exist from the beginning because I mean unless you separate your uh, bag by um, types, it, it you just had crap everywhere and it was just absolutely impossible. Uh, um, yeah, I'm gonna take it, your word on that because I never experienced it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and as something else that's really interesting, you can now set navigation points on the map, which I actually don't, like, does it show you how to get, like, an arrow, or not an arrow, but, like, a line as to how to get there? Like, what's a navigation point? I, I don't have any info on that. I Fair think, I, I, and this is just pure speculation, but, uh, like, have you ever played, I mean, you've played Witcher, right? Yes. Okay, so in Witcher, when you go to your map, you can, like, choose a secondary point in which you want to go to. So there's, like, here's that quest, but I want to go over to this point to do whatever you want to right, do. Right, right, so right. So when you do that, it actually shows up on your mini-map in what direction uh, it is. So if you've got your mini-map and say you say you want to go to this top right corner, on your mini-map, it's going to show you, like, a star or oh, something. Oh, I'm dumb. So you could set navigation points before but you had to talk to a guard to do it. So, like, for example, if you talked to a guard and said, where's the guild housing thing? And then it but would, it like, it would blink on the map. Yeah, yeah but, but you couldn't set a specific location. Yeah, that's, this, that's good. This is, more, from <laughs> I, what I understand, is a choosable location versus right. a, yes. a specific, like, uh, oh, I want to find something in this main town. This allows you to go, you know, if you know where... Like, I want to go into the middle of this field where there's nothing, yeah. you can mark that point. Hey, that I'm going to mark where Scorchwing is. And the, the next question is, will it work for party? That's the question, is if Ooh. I'm in a party of yeah, five... <laughs> She's like, I can't talk. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, that would be. I really know nothing. Cool. That would be really awesome if it could, because if we're all in a party and we yeah. go, hey, I want to head over to Scorchwing. I don't know where Scorchwing spawns, and you can just mark on your map, and instead of, and all of you can meet into one location versus waiting for a scientist to get there and then everyone else being sucked there. I totally use it. <laughs> uh, the ice box cometh. Uh, something that we have been. Yes. Uh, uh, talked about and 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 shown. I think it was Gamescom when it first was. Yeah, Gamescom last year. We've been talking about it for a long time now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was talked about for a while, and uh, it's finally uh, showing its uh, lovely, lovely face. And of course, my video is not set up to show you because I'm a horrible. And they're calling it the Cryoplex now. Yes. It'll be there was an internal movement. Arena. To get it called the Tundra Dome, but uh, <laughs> uh, why wasn't it the Tundra Dome? What? It's, it's the Cryoplex. Welcome to the Tundra Dome. Who did not choose Tundra Dome? 
Who who made that choice? Kadium, where were you in that People debate? People who were not me. <laughs> it was like, not my fault. Don't spam my Twitter. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> oh, that'd be the greatest meme ever. Welcome to the Tundra Dome. <laughs> well, you can still use it in-game. Yeah, We're going to. Stopping you. We're going to. Okay, <laughs> Gatlike gangsters, get 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 to work on that add-on. Welcome to the dungeon zone. Good, 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 Gatlike. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been we've been heard about this for a while. It's a dual level instead of a singular singular level a PVP match where it has drop down holes and and we've kind of seen this in Bloods this uh, Halls also of the Bloodstorm, Bloodstorm, but we haven't seen it in a three v three or five v five. Battleground. So this is super okay, exciting. Yeah. I, I'm really hoping that this will introduce. Um, th I, I'm really hoping that this will introduce more people doing battlegrounds. Or not battlegrounds. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, the major arenas. question I have about it is how will the verticality of these moves be affected by the tool, by, by the two stories? As in, like, are you going to take fall damage? No, like the X values of the abilities. Like, say, uh, spell slinger's true shot versus uh, a warrior's um, augmented blade or something. Like how they to, like... tend to be able to hit vertically. You can know, normally but... hit from another story. Oh, okay. So, but that, that would be an issue. Wouldn't that be an issue where if you're on the second floor and someone's on the first floor, or vice versa, where if I'm on the bottom floor with my charge shot and I go... Well, from, from the videos that we that they've shown, like it, it's pretty good. It's it's pretty much solid, except for there's the scent, the the hole yeah. that drops down, and then there's the outskirts. I mean, I think it's very similar. I, I know I already said halls of bloodsworn, but you know where there is a second layer. But if you're underneath it, you you can't get hit because you can't shoot well, there, directly down. There is a strat in halls of the bloodsworn where if you have an overwhelming force on the point and you're defending that point and it's the last specifically this works for like the last point so you have uh those two ramps that go up to the side points if you stand on those ramps as a spell slinger and just shoot down you can hit the whole thing from both sides and like they all take damage but they can't shoot up to hit you unless they jump yep. so it's just like massive death wall of spell slinger abilities and you're just like uh, uh uh i'm leaving and then you just like go off to the side points and try to kill them but then they got you off the point so they have accomplished their goal uh, so I'm afraid that stuff like that's going to happen in this too, but we'll see what happens. Some guy's like, got a vlog for you today. I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to, you know, find a way to take advantage of the fact so that there are two there's stories. So there's a quick drop down. The question is, is, is there going to be a quick jump up? Because uh, there's, oh, there's the ramps anything. around the side, but I haven't seen any sort of like maybe like jump pad that launches you up so that you can you know get from a different angle other than the two ramps sure that would be intriguing to see there's also a, you we haven't seen the whole map so mm -hmm. we've, we've, seen, we've seen angles and we've seen like parts of it but I, I i'm looking forward to seeing seeing it i like pvp a lot so this is what oh really do you do you like pvp just never got that impression really. yeah no. it's really no. just completely no. there, first time i've got there's something idea. called pvp in wildstar that's weird what does that what does that do? It's it's uh it's an ability that every character yeah. has. It's uh, called uh, player versus player. It's great. <laughs> it, it's basically uh, the ability says uh, indigo dies. Is basically <laughs> so the next piece of information, which uh, I know a lot of people are super excited about, and maybe Katie can talk about it, which is uh, neighborhoods. Okay. Yes, neighborhoods every, are pretty sweet. Everyone has been like awestruck over neighborhoods i just everyone is loving it uh five players uh player plus four others can band together housing plots up to 20 uh up to 20 uh original five plus 15 more 
Interesting. Okay, I haven't read all yeah, of this. So, so it's okay. the original so the original five people can create a neighborhood. I like uh -huh. communities, but the official name is neighborhoods. So you and four people can create yep. one giant housing plot. Uh-huh. Another fifteen people can also get redecorating rights. So neighbor rights. Or I'm sorry, yeah, uh, so roommate pretty much rights? So roommate yeah, rights. Essentially, yeah. Like there are five housing plots that belong to those five people. And then fifteen people on top of that. Okay. That's awesome. So all your alts or the, all their alts can still get on and mess around with stuff and get it ready for massive block parties or like a giant like campaign. You can do like a mini campaign in like a neighborhood now. The question is, would, would you actually have multiple uh, biomes essentially? Like you'd have part of a, a oh, neighborhood be desert themed uh, with like the ground and part of it would be covered in ice. I mean, I don't know if you talked so, about that. But I am not certain. Or what about so. like sky <laughs> train? <laughs> Doc's just like, oh. I don't know. Do want. Okay. Obviously, don't take our words for it, but it might, it's possible. Just because you have a dev on does not mean anything 100% set in stone. No, but you can give her ideas. Lots of yeah. ideas. I've heard tea sets. I've heard goggles on heads. I've heard lots of Goggles on heads. I've heard space taco about. trucks. I've heard lifty mounts. I just want to say, Chadillac in chat is going to, quote, start a gang to rep his hood. <laughs> you come to the wrong <laughs> which is awesome yeah oh i'm God, really it's... excited for this i i really like the idea of of having a lot of people with their own like individual plots that you could all kind of interact with and i just thought about this we could what? totally rp the entire warriors movie inside of one neighborhood so, with you know literal warriors. yeah we could we could do so many things I'm successful. Has a question in chat. Um, asks, will the decor limit be restricted to 2,000, or will it be combined to be a 10k decor limit? As far <laughs> as I know, it will be the 2,000 per plot. And since there are five plots, wow. that means Holy it's going to be 10k. Wow, um, that is insane. It's also worth noting, as you may have, if you've ever looked at the shape of the housing plot, you may notice that they don't exactly fit together like puzzle pieces. There uh, is communal areas between the the five plots and i believe everybody can build on those um oh cool so yeah so there'll be like an actual transitionary space between housing plots yeah because they don't fit together so there kind of had to be one that's interesting this thing is massive oh my it's gosh very large and it will be it'll be testable when the ptr comes up correct yeah uh actually i don't think so um because as you may have seen in the articles this is not actually coming as a part of this main uh this main it's not coming uh, out right update. away. Yeah, yeah, it's coming out later. There's some stuff we need to fix, some stuff we need to refine, um, but it is coming out soon. Yeah, it seems like a quite large technological challenge, like going from because I'd imagine that if the housing or if the decor limit was 10k, you'd be able to just like put 10,000 of one thing in one little spot and just like, hey, I wonder if that's it, gonna crash the game. Which, by I still the way, think there's like 2,000 per. Oh yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be ten thousand <laughs> overall because I'm sure that they're uh, going to have some like you know when you have housing uh, plugs that you can't build on. It's got the like the shield, the invisible shield. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised if those exist when your houses connect. To I each wouldn't other. either. But the first thing I'm going to try is to just cram as many decor items as I can. That into is the one first place thing you should try and try to crash that's the, the point of PTR. Of it. Oh, it's going to be good. <laughs> I mean, technically you're going to hate you for it, but also going to like you for it. No, if I mean, yeah. That's what I they mean, asked. If you break it, you could always ask for a wrecking crew title. I'm pretty sure that when they described the beta, they said that the servers are going to be crashy and bad. Like, that's that's kind of the goal. Like, that's what betas are for. 
that's yeah, to test and make things crash. So everyone, when PTR so shows up, give it a little live. bit of time, be able to test out neighborhoods. Yeah. So let's move on to loyalty. We got a little more information on that. So first and foremost, like Donatelli said, it is a thermometer that never runs out. It'll always rise as you continue your signature status, as you buy cred, as you buy boxes, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they're going to, I don't know, it's it's interesting. You can still free-to-play everything with Omnibits. You can, you can if, if I'm not mistaken reading that, you can actually use Omnibits towards loyalty items? Or did I read that really oddly? I'm not certain as to the specific stuff regarding the store. Uh, yeah, I, this one's like just more of an enigma to me than I realized. I was like, hey, a little more loyalty information. That, okay, I don't know how the Omnibus part fits in, but they did actually give us some examples of loyalty rewards. Oh, There's awesome. a minor hat you can grab. There are, most importantly, a new pet that's only through loyalty. The furlope. The furlope, yeah. It's adorbs. It's a chipmunk with chicken legs and a giant acorn. Yeah, it's adorbs. If you haven't squeed yet, go ahead and squee now. <laughs> there you go, that's what I wanted. Is that how you squee? I don't even now, squee. there's an interesting part of this they said you can get upgraded crafting abilities reduce res timers and even complete access to social systems which is everything blocked by the free-to-play access or not blocked but just bonuses given to signature status so does that mean you could technically acquire additional uh, stuff through loyalty that would bypass the free-to-play block that's interesting i i think the whole idea yeah. or premise behind it is that you can not pay for things and get the entire game. I, I think uh, from from everything that I've read from Carbine and have uh, have heard through news sources is that the whole point is is that everything that's in the game if you pay for the game or if you don't pay for the game, you have access to all of it. So if you have access if you're paying for it, it's easier to get because you you're automatically rewarded these points that you can use, but you can also grind on the bits and grind all this other stuff to get those things it will just be more difficult or take longer because it will it's you know think of it as you know you want to buy this hundred dollar item if you subscribe you get a hundred dollars a month well if you don't subscribe you get paid in pennies you know what i mean and every You'll every still toy, be able to attain it but yeah it, it's just going to take significantly longer um but again, that's just my assumption, and I think this is an awesome way of going about it because um, the problem I have is that if you're paying for a game and you don't have access to absolutely everything in the game, or even if you're not paying for the game and I don't have access to it, like I have to buy something with cash, bothers the shit out of me. And I can, I, I like every game that I've ever played where it's like, you want this? <laughs> 10 bucks. I mean, like nothing else. I can't do anything else in the game. Nope, 10 bucks. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, what it's else do we have? Uh, we'll, we so, have one more big piece of no news. Well, actually, real quick. Okay. So I am wearing forehead goggles. As <laughs> and I'm doing this. Or gadget? Or gadget? Gadget. From... Yeah, and, gadget. And I am doing this in part to troll Moose, but I'm also doing this <laughs> to uh, confirm that, yes, in fact, the, the forehead goggles that everybody wants that they saw in beta will be in the game, will be in the game, not in the store, but, like, actually uh, give oh, like, in the game. Legit put, exclusive. Yep, I put a <laughs> bunch of costume items in the game. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be easy to get. Uh, but, like challenge. you know, I don't know if you wanted the space helm ever, maybe? Oh. Get that? I'm sorry, say that one more time. I'll take the space helmet? <laughs> He's like, 
<laughs> you, wait, let me what? just let say it again. That one, wait, I'm goggles and space helm. I, I, I'm in. Let's do this. Yeah. So there, there are a number of uh, costume items that people have been asking for. I made sure that a lot of them were in, so you can get them. And as of right fun. now, they'll be in the game, not so much tied to the cash shop. Right. Not not tied to the cash shop. They'll be completely in the game, like completely on their own. Uh, so yes, people who are worried about all the cosmetic stuff ending up on the store. Don't worry about it. We're still putting tons of cosmetic stuff still in the game. This is one of those oh, examples. Nice. So they will be there for you in this big update as well. Is it weird that the thing that I'm most excited about is like the skull mask thing? <laughs> the minor yes. hat? Yeah. The minor hat with like where it changes your face to look like a skull. That thing is really cool. Krug's like, what the hell is that? Just... It's under loyalty rewards. Just it's it's, it's one awesome. of the level one loyalty rewards. It looks kind of like how with the Marauder hat had the tri tip, but mm. it had a weird Marauder face mask. I kind of wish it was just the tri tip, but in this case with the minor hat, I'm kind of okay with the skull mask on top. It's cool. If I'm you just want a hard hat, that's also in the costume piece. Boom! Oh, snap. Nice. Boom. <laughs> now we have one more big piece of news before we are gonna bypass our community stuff this week because we want to talk about some really cool stuff. Hopefully, the Chinese client is incoming. For those of you that do not know, Wildstar and NCSoft have been looking to expand their player base and looking to expand their borders on the game. And they finally got the go-ahead to start work on a Chinese client. There's been a few interesting things. Now, for those of you that don't keep in touch with like cultural differences between different areas... Uh, Be careful as to what you say next. I'm just saying. I'm not saying anything bad. <laughs> Be careful. Is this, that there are certain cultures and expectations in China that, um, that the American and European markets don't really think about. One of which being the way we represent the dead or dying or anything that that could talks about decay or something. And in Chinese culture, they really don't like that. The sensibilities are, are in that case, uh, are much different than ours. So if you're playing like a Mordesh or you're playing in the strain areas and you are, have a friend that's gonna go into a Chinese client, those things won't actually be the same. But for the most part, content wise, it'll be a one-to-one -one translation, minus translations. And, <laughs> and new new, new faces that they get. They're also getting oh, yes. new, new face style. Now, they said 22 exclusive pets, but Cadium said something. Oh, good. Put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, those those pets will be coming to us as well. Awesome. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because uh, there was a screenshot of Pappy in front of a video wall with all of these pets, and everyone went, Oh my god, those are the best pets ever! I want them! Oh my god! Because, of course, everyone loves pets, and let's be honest, they're pretty awesome. Uh, and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, wait, guys. And even in our Facebook chat, we're like, oh my god, pets! And Moose is like, whoa, guys, exclusive China to China. And we're like, no! Now, I, I had a running bet. How many? How long would it take before the community started asking for it or demanding it? It lasted about a day. Do you see those pets? There's a mini maw. It's like a metal maw, except it's mini. Yes, I did. I saw I a did. mini Trask, which I, I want really that. want. Yes. I saw a Mauser. That's a Mauser. You can't tell me it's not a Mauser. In like a third row <laughs> it's, it's, next to... It's so cool. Um, yeah, they had... Uh, and then everyone was talking about the panda armor, uh, which is also ex currently exclusive to... Did you not see it? Uh oh, I didn't. I had to. I scrolled up from the pets and I was like, <laughs> oh, that character behind him is wearing panda armor. That is a Chua yeah. in panda armor, yes. Oh. I knew it. Now, but that's supposed to be a Chinese exclusive at the moment. I don't give a fuck. I want it. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm I, will, I don't I care if you don't get Chinese it. I think it's version awesome. and just play in China because <laughs> I want the panda armor. <laughs> there will be proxies involved. 
<laughs> you really want to sit with the dev right here in the room with us? <laughs> I don't think she cares if I use a proxy or not. <laughs> I know, it doesn't change how the game works. At or all. like yeah, as long as you changes my IP address, bro. No worries. And, and, about and it. his having to deal with <laughs> delay. Moose Krug's moving to China. Yeah, that's actually the step I'm taking. I'm just gonna pack <laughs> up and move to China. Peace. We're not doing this podcast anymore. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that will be. It'll be really, really early in the morning. For yes. You. <laughs> yeah. So um, there has been a petition of people asking for the new face options for the panda armor. Obviously, the new Data Drifter Panda Tokyo Drift model. Whether or not we'll see it come live, it, it depends. I guess if you guys, I'm not saying don't. I'm saying if you guys are really, really want it, you could always ask the forums, ask politely. And say, hey guys, we would like to see if it's possible. No guarantees. Obviously, KDM right here is like, look, uh, I, 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 it's interesting. Hey. It's nice. I, hey, I know you guys want them. I know. And you know, any anytime we announce any kind of cosmetic stuff, like I know it's like, oh my god, I want that now. Um, top hat. Yeah. <laughs> I have that, by the way. So. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous right now. That Ooh. was her doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean, just just go ahead and post on the forums. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, we're definitely still listening. Don't worry about it. Now, now this is uh, and this is me, and it, not really a question for you because I, I mm-hmm. but for the group. But uh, what is your guys' opinions about uh, region specific content? Like we understand because culturally, there we you know that that's that's something completely different you know like i with the the exposed bones i get that but things like having face specific or having um pet specific mount specific stuff like that what is your opinions about having region specific content now if we're talking about cosmetics 90 percent of the time i'm okay with it having different faces and different mostly different faces are there to make sure that the that the local players get an attachment to their character faster. Okay. A lot of the Asian features are specific to Asia. Just because, uh, I mean, some characters might like rolling more hard, angular features, bigger jaws, but if you're a first-time player and you like to have a proxy of yourself in the game, having features that resemble you will give you more of an attachment to the character and the ability and want to play more. But uh, that being said... a Chinese-American who is a first-generation or even second-generation, wouldn't you also want that in America? I, that, that's what I'm saying is that that could easily change. I mean, I, I, I think that's fine. See, uh, as for actual content, as long as it's not content like progressive content, I, I say it's fine. Having region lock stuff like the Gamescom top hat, uh, like the Tokyo Drift Data Drifter, I think that's fine. Uh, I, I don't I don't see an issue with it. Pets and whatnot, that's fine. But I think it's me. extraordinarily insulting that the Gamescom top hat was not given to me because I think <laughs> that that is Carbine specifically Win. telling me that Win. I'm not dapper and classy. Win. <laughs> Which I am. The next time I see you in Game Krug, I'm going to put it on just for you and you won't even know it's me. Just dance around him. Dance around his corpse. <laughs> Slash kill Krug, S-T-O-S. Um, uh, yeah, I really don't care about it. Like, it, it doesn't really mean anything to me. I have my character. I like the way my character is. Um... There, there's going to be more stuff added to our. It's not like they're going to start only adding things to that client. Like that's not. Oh no, no, and that's and not what I'm. Like we're going to get asking. stuff. It's going to be cool, and then we're going to use it, and then they're going to get stuff, and it's going to be cool, and they're going to use it, and that's really how it should work. Just don't pay attention to it. Close your Honestly, eyes. Don't look the at the face, client. The face stuff will show up eventually in cosmetics as the game goes on and as it has more years under its belt. So it, it doesn't bother me at all. He said so, speculating heavily. So yeah. 
So my it happens. Is, they always I, act like that all I time. don't have an issue with region-specific firsts, <laughs> as in the Asian market gets the more Asian-esque faces, or it gets the more Asian-esque like pets or mounts or whatever. Like I get that them being first because that's the region that they've designed them for. But having region-specific content only be in specific regions kind of hurts the game, in my opinion. And the reason I say that is because um, you're now designing, unless you have a specific team in China only designing for China, and even if you do have a team in China only designing specifically for China, that means that you are now having two different groups of people designing content for different regions that could be doubling for all regions so you could have more so things just like shop more a waste things. of resources basically yeah exactly you're you're only creating something for a specific region versus having them in all locations so that more people want to fight to get the panda armor more people want to fight to get the the tokyo drift mounts like stuff like that I, again i i'm fine with region specific firsts but i think having region specific content across the board like oh you can only get this if you're an na player like uh, whatever that's my thought i don't have like if they decide to go that direction i'm okay with it um um yes i know tokyo is in japan i am aware of that's this that's my fault i keep calling it data drift or tokyo drift <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> that's what it seems like it's like it's like akihabara just vomited over the over the data drifter and it's a chinese release I like how that was Katium instead of like calling you out with her voice. <laughs> she should have called it out. She was nice enough session. to put it in chat. Hey, I, I try to be nice sometimes, occasionally. <laughs> what is know. its official name? Does anyone know? I we don't. Heck, I don't know. Okay. Cool. It's called Cool. <laughs> the Cool Mount. The Cool right. Mount. <laughs> Someone had a five-year-old slap stickers on it. It, that's, it looks like to me. It looks like my daughter took a bunch of panda stickers and ran around Data Drifter and went. But does does my comment make sense to you guys? It does make yeah, sense. I sure. totally understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. I think region locking first... things basically wastes them for a certain for the other region. So you put this time and effort into something that could have been used across the board, and since it wasn't, you kind of wasted that effort. In, I just in know that it doesn't bother me regions. as much because I, I realize. But it yeah, it doesn't. I don't. It'll like, show up already. Oh, and I <laughs> and it's not one of those things where I'm just like, I'm angry about it. it. It's just more of like a logical thing for me. I'm like, well. Yeah that's cool and that, like that's really awesome and i think it's cool that they're that, but although i will say when you think something is illogical you get really angry at it that's like how you work yeah. <laughs> in the goes the hulk in secret duck and what's it, next it, it goes anyways, anyways i'm i'm slowing duck. Down. Duck, what's next? Okay, so we have one more thing to announce before we go into some awesome questions to talk to katie a little bit more and it that is a... is that the thing we're announcing no a little bit no, not really. So, <laughs> like Katie mentioned earlier, this Tuesday, Wednesday, or sorry, this Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday sorry, Wednesday, July 1st, oh, apologies, at 10 a.m. PDT, the live stream is coming back up to talk about the uh, in-depth stuff, like the assault, like the stat changes with Steven Engel, and I heard someone's coming out of back behind the scenes to help lead that charge with Didi, so keep an eye on that and get ready with your spiders. Uh, and afterwards, from 11.30 to 1 PDT, Steven Engel will be doing an AMA on the Wildstar Reddit. So if you have any questions to ask, please go over to the Wildstar Reddit. Submit your questions, obviously, positively. It's some way that can give communication instead of, why is this not like this? Give me this now. And hopefully we can see and get some more information. 
So we did have a bunch of a community stuff, but wait, yes. Wait, there's one. Th we do have to go over one thing in this because we promised that we would when it happened. Uh, Enigma okay. released their class guides, which are all really cool. It's on their forums, so uh, go and check them out. They're super effing useful. Yeah, like, they're not end-all be-alls, but they're great. Right. I mean, they probably are for PvE, but I'm, we're not going to say that. Uh, so I, I went through the Medic 2. So it's it's ba it's broken down by class and by role. I went through the Medic 2, the Healer Medic, and the Deeps Medic. Uh, I learned stuff. I learned a lot of stuff, and I've been playing I learned how not time. to be bad. And they're, like, up to date for the current drop, and it's just awesome. I'm not sure exactly how updating them is going to work, if that's going to happen or not. But in their current state, I think they're very, very, very useful. And I really think I you should go check them out. How uh, frequently Enigma raids, they'll be pretty up to date, pretty consistently. Probably. And as they change leads and for each class, so they'll have them updated. To all y'all Enigma people and Freya, thank you very much for the glides. They're very cool. They are amazing. Check them I want to disagree with the magic on spell slingers, but it's just me. Anyway, we'll talk about other community stuff next week. We're going to talk to Katie a little more because she uh, does many more things besides troll us in chat. <laughs> <laughs> That's mainly what I do. <laughs> Jobs so over those of you. Troll us in chat. Yeah. Job, job number two. She's, she's like the time travel for, for podcasters. <laughs> sits there above the wall just watching us flail miserably. Oh my god, we're going horribly. Yes. So, Katie, for Good those time. of us who, who don't know exactly what you do yeah. at Carbine, can you explain to us? Sure. Um, I am the ship hand expert. There are other people work on ship hands as well. It's not just me, but I am ultimately responsible for them being awesome, so that's that's kind of my thing. Uh <laughs> And that that's, that cuts both ways, by the way. If it's less than awesome internally, I'd need to work to make it awesome. Um, and in addition to that, I have been working on the holidays, namely Shades and Winterfest. I will not be working on future holidays, most likely, uh, just because that uh, that's shifting. Don't worry about it. Uh, the guy in charge of it is a colleague of mine who I've worked on holidays for a very long time with, so I'm sure he's going to do amazing things. In fact, he's already done one amazing thing that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. So but. I should thank you for vet ship hands? Yes. That was a <laughs> drum that I beat for a year. And then they happened. Ugh. And I think everybody got sick of me saying ship hand and veteran in the same sentence at them. They gave me 30 seconds. Yeah. So thank you for it, beating that drum. It it added so much to the game. Like it added so much more the to ability do. people to actually go do ship hands. Because they always yeah. forget about it. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and then at the end of the game, when you hit 50, you're like, oh, like, I'm not going to do ship hands. They're like lower level stuff. I don't need to do that content. It's like, it's such a waste of awesome content, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people didn't do them when they were leveling up. Uh, and ultimately, it was kind of a missing stepping stone in our group content as well. Um, you know, you hit 50, if you weren't in a big guild, you didn't really know what to do with yourself you didn't really know like what instance content to jump into the fact that veteran ship hands are there now allow you to jump in get used to running that sort of thing and then eventually move on if you want to so uh something that just came in through chat is willing to buy ship hand progression so mm. that that is something that i'm gonna agree with chat on uh, yeah i'm a little that... scared of that suggestion because they did say that they might possibly charge for future content i wouldn't like ship hands to be on that possible charging for content list no 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 they're they're talking about progression as in, you know, oh, that are okay. at the top when you do dungeons where it says silver, gold, that, that thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we love that. There is, there are actually medals in, uh, in ship hands. They just don't use that UI. We have talked a lot about getting that UI going. It's going to take a little bit of. Sure. Sure. 
Sure, um, sure, but sure. in addition to that, I think that people, uh, when they talk about ship hand progression, they're also talking about progressively harder ship hands that are more challenging, and something we've talked about as well. Um, I don't have any more info for you on that, except for that it is something that we discuss. I don't have any like official plans uh, at this point, but it is something that we talk about all the time, and it's something we'd really like to get going at some point soon. Now, okay. um, do you work closely with the dungeon team? Like, do you guys work together, make sure you're not, like, repeating, like, content? Or do you guys, like, have an idea and you're like, ah, oh, I don't think it really works in a ship hand. Maybe it worked better that in a dungeon. That was pretty much, like, the first question, which was, like, what's the process of creating a ship hand? Yeah. And what's the criteria that separates a ship hand from an adventure from a dungeon? So, uh, yeah, regarding the criteria that separates them, like, dungeons are all about the encounters mainly, right? Especially really awesome boss fights that are really complex and take a lot of skill to get through. So if you're looking at something that's very, very fighting focused and, and not so much on the terms of the other mechanics, you find uh, that that fit a dungeon most of all. Adventures are more about choosing your path and all the different mechanics that fit best in there. Uh, it's a pretty long and winding experience. Um, ship hands are meant to be pretty short experiences. There are a couple of sec- exceptions, obviously, Deep Space Exploration being the main <laughs> one. Uh, but yeah, they're meant to be pretty short and focus on one or two major mechanics. And just generally kind of use a lot of the quest mechanics that, that we tend to use in the overworld as well. Uh, when I first came on to the dev team, they were essentially treated as extended quests. And I don't mind using a lot of fun quest mechanics in an instance. It's just kind of the natural extension of that. So at one point, let's say you're designing for a ship hand. Do you go, oh, this this kind of mechanic or narrative we're doing is a little too big for the scope of ship hands. Do you move it on to another team? Or do you work it within the narrative of the ship hands? A lot of time we'll try to scope back the ship end, for example. Um, every team kind of has their own thing going on. Though we'll definitely talk to them if we if we have an idea. Like, if I have an idea for a dungeon, I think it would be awesome for a dungeon. Of course I'll go talk to the dungeon team about it. But. Now, when you guys are creating um, a ship hand and not like you're working on the next ship hand, right? Mm-hmm. Do you guys just throw a whole bunch of ideas out and see what sticks? Or do you like what? what is your process for starting from the beginning? So we're all a bunch of huge sci-fi nerds. Uh, you may have noticed, especially with, uh, they, it came from Fragment Zero. Um, there's this huge, like... movie role, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hope sci-fi sort of thing. Like, a lot of times our brainstorming sessions come up like, oh yeah, you remember this one episode in Farscape? Like, this happened? Like, that would be really cool. Uh, it depends on what we're doing. Space Madness, for example, is based on pretty much every single hallucination episode that has ever existed in any sci-fi series ever <laughs> so now we're just waiting for the giant lizard versus you in a ship hand somewhere on the line <laughs> we've talked about that star um, trek <laughs> <laughs> and you know for example the gauntlet is actually a very obvious running man pastiche right like, there's, there's one situation where we're like this is very obviously what we want to do and kind of play with so let's mm-hmm. go and have fun with that so normally we start with the concept of like what's a really fun, really sci-fi experience that we can bring into the game, Tron. and and make and do a fun thing. Yeah, Tron. Tron. <laughs> yeah. Escape. Light cycles. No, oh, light cycles would be crazy. I'm just I'm waiting for the inevitable Firefly mentioned in a, in a ship hand in the future. <laughs> They're like, oh Dude, wait, they, that, the 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 costume piece that drops at the end is a brown coat. Like. <laughs> I'm I'd wear it. I'd wear you don't have to give me any money for this, but Fuck it's an was job gone wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, you guys were talking about Tron Light Cycles says you're really and pretty Tron Light dress. Cycle is in chat, and I think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, tying into the ecos, actually, uh, I'm curious, how tied into the lore are ship hands? I mean, we know they're the primary quest givers, the ecos, mm-hmm. 
But uh, if we don't really see him outside of that, except for maybe Farside, will they have a bigger role in lore, or are they kind of just tied only into ship hands? So I think it's going to go a little bit both ways. We're actually expanding the concept of ship hands in general. Uh, we still want them to be very sci-fi, but you may have seen already, like we have Captain Switch, who's a free bot. We have Cogs going in there in Deep, Deep Space Exploration. And we love using the Ecos. I love writing Space Canadians all day long. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's it's the best loads of fun ever. Uh, but, you know, we also want to expand it to other groups and, and other races so you can see their... How, how they handle different expeditions out there, and we're actually going to be changing the name to expeditions at some point in the future. A lot called Jane, just saying. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's one of the things that we, we really have a good time uh, playing with, and we're going to be explaining, expanding it more than just Ecos. And I, I think we're going to use Ecos more in just general content as well. So awesome. I was going to ask about that, too. Uh, with the lore team, how tied are you guys together? Are you guys, do you have a certain set of get guidelines where... Okay, look, don't use this in lore because of X, Y reasons, or do you guys just go nuts and they kind of go, yeah, no, cool, we're, we're good with that. So normally we have a concept and we try to work it in with into the setting as best we can. Uh, you know, normally we want to highlight a particular group like with Gauntlet. We're like, the Darksburg Cartel makes total sense for this. Uh, and then we'll take it to lore guys and be like, hey, this is our idea. And they'll steer us right and make sure that we're not doing anything that's too out of the scope of what the story is and make sure that we're not trotting on any toes if they wanted to tell a story about that particular thing in another piece of content. So, yeah, I mean, we definitely work with them and make sure that uh, we're cohesive with the rest of Wildstar. But uh, generally, they, they let us kind of play around. That's good. Nice. So you kind of get free reign for the most part. For the most part. <laughs> Unless like they that. bat their hand aside and say, no, step it. That does happen to Katie. Yeah. and goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Freebot's not here. <laughs> so uh, I know you talked about going into the veteran versions of Ship Hands and finally drum being in the drum and getting them. How difficult is, is it to tune these encounters? I mean, we have stuff like the massive Skeech onslaught in Fragment Zero. We have the gauntlet itself and how surprisingly difficult it is if you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. how, how do you tune that against each other? Or more specifically, how do you tune that between doing a normal version of it and a veteran version? So we play a number of different ways. We all, like my team, all has classes that they're pretty familiar with. And a lot of times we will jump in first and we'll play with uh, the classes that we know well. And then we'll switch it up and we'll play with classes that we are terrible at. Uh, we and don't know all the classes as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I have a level 50 Engineer, level 50 Esper. Um, so those tend to be the ones that I play in good times. Uh, Warrior's normally the one that I go to when I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I will just press <laughs> buttons. Um <laughs> But face roll, please. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that that's what we tend to do. So we like to balance that out. But a lot of it's just straight up iteration playing. Like, oh, that was too hard. Oh, maybe that's too easy now. Um, and tweaking the numbers here and there. Do you guys have to? Uh, do you guys have to tweak after any sort of balance changes with characters? So for example, you know, uh, warriors are you know changed completely or not completely, but like the amount of damage that they do or how how a specific ability works. Do you have to turn around and go, well, crap, that basically makes it impossible for them to get through this encounter? Like, our so our encounters aren't really balanced to that specificity. Um... Normally, you know, it's just a pretty solid baseline. However, I can tell you that due to the stat changes, we are looking at absolutely every piece of content. Oh, sure. That and this sense. upcoming one, Japan's included, to make sure that they still play well. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> yeah, because that's an enormous change. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> so, so I saw a question in chat and was asking, will we actually see any more drama between the minion and exile in Japan's? Or is it more of a world story kind of thing? 
Uh, I'm no, I don't know of any that's coming for ship hands in particular. Uh, there may be more coming in general, but I don't know where. Awesome. What was what was the ship hand that you enjoyed designing the most? So I have had a major creative design in two of the ship hands actually, um, and that was Space Madness and the Gauntlet. I Space Madness was a wonderful, crazy trip, but I think that. <laughs> I probably had the most fun with designing the gauntlet. I think it's probably one of the most cohesive ones, and it really just feels nice and, and, and tight designed. I uh, think Indigo so and I laughed in Wildstar the hardest during Space Madness. Yeah, Space there's Madness a lot of that. When, when the Vendbot starts attacking you, like, and it's literally just out of nowhere, like, oh, rainbows I'm being attacked by a thing that my teammate can't see. Okay, so they're obviously some kind of, like, mental disturb... Oh my god, that's a vending machine. That's... What the... F okay. Uh... Yeah, because... <laughs> I will say... I will say it does great when you have a team that's kind of on the ball with each other. If you do a pug occasionally that isn't paying attention, it can be a bit of a drag. Mm-hmm. It can be. And... It's just hilarious, though. Like, that made me <laughs> yeah. so happy. So happy. Yeah, I mean... We turned... One of the guys who's working on ship ants, he was super into making visuals. And I'm like, okay... Here are the three major themes for the crazy parts. Go. <laughs> and he, he came back and I, he's like, here's this guy with a fork in his eye. And I'm like, whoa, maybe that's not. Maybe that's, it depends. Can he use like, the fork to swing it around and do AOE damage? No, but there was blood coming out of his eye. And oh, I'm just like, mm, that's awesome. Okay. No, it's wonderful. Madness, not insanity. We want madness, not insanity. He's, it was, it was wonderful. There's a lot of like little Easter eggs in there and everything that we put in insane there's the the spider vendor that sells lemonade yeah. he just he sells lemonade get lemonade from your spider vendor <laughs> <laughs> now speaking of easter eggs and stuff like that are you guys like encouraged at all or do you guys get discouraged if if that uh to add small like things like you know easter eggs or things that you guys think is funny or you know someone's signature you know stuff like that if we have time, that's normally the thing. Like, we, we try to make sure that the main mechanics and everything is working well, and then if we happen to have time to just kind of poke fun at something, we'll we'll try to get that in. Uh, it really depends on the type of thing that we're doing. So <laughs> Try to be nice about it. So this isn't a quite... I, I don't... You won't be able to ask this question, but I, I would like you to go back and ask someone. Um, the boss in uh, Skullcano, what is his name? The final boss. Mordecai? Mordecai. Mordecai okay. Uh, uh, on his, uh, if you walk behind him and you look at his butt, he has a handprint on his butt that is clearly not his. I put my <laughs> headphones down at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay. So the final boss in Skullcano, Mordecai Redmoon, has a small little handprint on his butt. I, I okay. don't know. If, I, I, I want you to ask. Being the soccer tank, he probably focused on a little too much. Whose hand is that? <laughs> and why did it leave a mark? <laughs> I'll, I'll ask. <laughs> I, I, I may actually have an answer, but I'm not going to say it. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I have a suspicion. That was, that was just... That the was, mysteries of space. <laughs> I, I, I noticed that, and... But, uh, sorry, that was completely off. It's okay. Uh... uh are you guys, guys cool if we uh, move over to holidays? Yes. Yeah, we have a few questions of holidays. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to go to the second question. Oh, okay. Go for it. So Shades Eve is coming this year, this October. Yay! No, seriously, you have no <laughs> idea how, how much I'm waiting for that. 
And and Krug has never ever experienced an MMO before this. I, I know mm-hmm. we've told you this, or we've said it. So he doesn't understand the pleasantry and wonderfulness that is holidays in an MMO. That is correct. Um, uh, and he's just like, ah, whatever, I can deal without them. Uh, while Doc and I were just distraught this last year. And I, I, I know... Legitimately. As, e- as equal, if it not... It was annoying. If not as much as you were disappointed that you didn't get to see them. Uh, my question about uh, Shades Eve is, mm-hmm. uh, is there is there much change of how you designed Shades Eve last year to this year? Like, is it... I, I Again, I know we didn't is get... Is there much change from item becoming in Shades Eve 2015 compared to... That's what you sound like right now. Is there much change? <laughs> Are the assets the same, or do you guys design new ones per year? So, as far as assets go, like, you know, if people de- data mine that stuff, you may have seen... There were a number of them. There's a lot. Yes. Our, our, our team did it went above and beyond. Mm-hmm. You know, there's tons of stuff. There are a couple of new things, but only a couple because you guys haven't gotten the first batch yet. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously we'll find that out in October rather yeah. than right now. Yes. The The question is, is will there be Mordish housing released? The holidays? <laughs> oh, boy. No. <laughs> Look, that wow, way to put her on the spot that, there. That one was for Blue, all right? That one was for Blue. Yeah, I, I answered him in chat, darling. I know, but Two I... words. Cash shop. We know <laughs> that people want more Dash and Macari housing. We know. And, man, it's something that we've talked about. I don't have more information on it than that, though. In all honesty, I think it keeps getting pushed down the list for other stuff. Like, I don't know, um free-to-play content you know changing the entire way the system works and how monetary value comes in maybe that's probably one of the possible reasons for it but uh you know uh, anyways uh back to shades eve um what was your uh, what can you talk about on shades eve like i i don't want to ask you like five wow it's really big there no, I, I, no, I can, I Tell me a thing about, about Shades Eve, please. <laughs> like, I, I can talk about designing work. the holiday, right? Like, I can't talk about what specifically is in it. I can't tell sure. you, like, all those things. But I can talk about, like, how holidays are designed and all the different things that we think about when we do it. Go for so, it, Doc. Ask a question. Well, okay, first of all, this is more <laughs> stuff with the rewards for holidays. Yeah. Are there any... Are you guys still talking about how the rewards are going to be bound? Will they be, will they be pick up, soul, use on, or account bound? I know people are very curious about that. So as far as I know, uh, most of them are going to be bound on pickup. So if you would like these things, you should participate in the event. Per character. Yeah. Though, so, you know, I mean, there are some costume items, which if yes. you put them in your hollow wardrobe, they will be a count bound. Okay. And on that note, we, we do have, I know we saw in the uh, earlier on, like a year or two ago, we had a part of the website that said, hey, here's the beta Shades Eve lore. Will they yeah, be the specifically Nexus flavored? like Shades Eve and what we've seen so far, or will they be more of like a direct mirror of the holiday? Like we had seen some lore for the, the Protostar Gala extravaganza, which is essentially Christmas. Is it going to be more like, hey, it's Christmas, and here's Protostar flavored stuff? So in all cases, it's a blend, right? Like we have, in Shades Eve, you see this big talk about how this plague swept over Cassus and killed tons of people, and now there's this mythical boogeyman called Jack Shade. Who which is awesome, kinda, by the way. Yeah. So... In all of the holidays, we have added a level of lore in them. All of them have lore to them. But they are also, at least in some way, connected to a real-world holiday, at least the ones we've made so far. And the reason why is because people get 
more naturally invested if it's something that they're familiar with. Uh, you know, during Halloween, around the latter half of October, you are interested in Halloween stuff. It's everywhere. It's all over the place if you're in the U.S., I should mention. Um, and putting it in the game as well helps just kind of reinforce that you're already in the holiday spirit and now you're in the holiday spirit in the game. But we also don't want to just slap Santa in the game and just be like, look, here's Santa. He's a proto star. Look at his fake beard. Like, no, it's, it's more than that, right? We, we want to absolutely uh, ground it in our world and have a good time with that as well. So, yes, Winterfest is kind of like Christmas, but really in the sense that it is just unabashed, pure proto-star consumerism. Yay, capitalism <laughs> consumerism. Just I feel buy like there's a deeper meaning peace. to all of this. <laughs> and they may happen to bring along a bunch of fake snow, but that's just kind of what they do with Winterfest. They're like, guess what? It's Winterfest now, and we put snowblowers everywhere. I, and now I wouldn't be snow surprised if those snowblowers mutated something along the way, and we have to clean up the mess. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> not good. They probably cut corners. Well, for, for money, you got to keep a high profit margin. Well, exactly. <laughs> so another question about holidays is that when they talked about Shades E for 2014 before they decided to move it, they were saying stuff like, we're going to have not just a hub where you get to participate in bobbing for Nexus apples or something, but there'd be stuff that would send you to different zones where you have to go and like take objectives that'll be go sending you across the world. Will you guys still kind of be playing with that idea or will you kind of just go with more, we'll keep it hub-based, centralized, where players can just come and experience it when they want to and then kind of move on with the rest of their content? So... Mainly it's centralized hubs. We have these holiday areas in the capital cities that will be decked out and you'll be able to find most of the content right there. However, there will be bits and bobs in the general world as well. So you'll be able to go out in the world and you'll see little bits of it here and there. The main focus of it is going to be in the capital cities, at least for Shades of Winterfest. Though. So it's more just nice, well, I don't want to make it so simple, but instead of it being actual interactable stuff, like you're being sent out there for a reason to go find bits of, Sh of Shades of or Jack Shade, uh, it'll be more like, hey, this is a really cool Fun. skeleton graveyard pumpkin Bits thing we find. Bits of like... Jack Shade? Well, originally they were saying Jack Shade will be... <laughs> well, apparently, well, I guess from what I had assumed and, and listened to was, hey, Jack Shade will be a presence throughout Nexus and that players will have to participate with each other around the, the world to, to work against or with Jack Shade. And I didn't know if that was going to continue uh, or be more of those. We're going to just pass by simple decorations. I don't know why you heard that. That, that was never really a thing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> like I, said, I heard it was a while back. I was probably hearing it wrong. It's been a few months. It's, it's okay. Uh, there is why she's a here. major piece of content in the holidays that does not take place in the capital cities. I'll tell you that. But uh, yeah, you'll have, to, you'll have to check it out to see what we did. But it's pretty cool. Will we and see... Will we see weather or seasonal changes throughout the world? For example, if for winter, will we be seeing more snow across the, the planet or... Across the planet, no. Uh, however, in the capital cities, there are some pretty major changes. Um, you'll... Like, there's snow all over. Sure, 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 sure. But, like, yeah, not not in the general world. That is a lot of... Yeah, a lot of the data mine stuff we saw were, like, asset pieces that looked like they were replacing pieces from the capital cities with snow-covered mm -hmm. ones or, like, Christmas-like covered ones. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure... and like speculation i don't want to put uh katie on spot but it i, I think it's going to be like winter wonderland status uh yeah. that's that's what the data mine stuff looked like and like, i know we saw can't coat the entire world for snow like that's a lot of money we're not gonna do that <laughs> yeah that does sound like a lot of work 
Bombing it's not like no photo Soyetis. Huh? <laughs> I, I think I think Doc is more like think Doc and I are at least thinking more of um of we're, the, we're getting grandiose here. Well, no, I think we're thinking more of similar to how Wow did holidays, where it was like you would go to you mean the, how Cadian did holidays and Wow. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, do tell. More referring to how how wrong you are this time. Cadian was like, please Halloween explain to me how I did my around, other because you said bobbing for apples. So in 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 during the Halloween season for Wow, you would go to all of the main locations and you would bob for apples you would go trick-or-treating with the um the innkeepers you know there were specific events outside of the main city for example taking over ah the headless horseman you know what i mean like there there were events outside um of of the capital city and 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 correct me is that what you were trying to aim for or talk about doc yeah stuff like that Uh, i I like my favorite stuff is interacting with the other uh the other faction, mostly because I believe there's not enough interaction outside of PvP with Dominion and Exile. I loved in other games, specifically World of Warcraft, going around and breaking jackal lanterns in South South Shore just just to be a jerk. So I, I was I'm hoping that maybe I could experience some of that in Wildstar. Yeah, there's not currently anything uh, along those lines for Shades Eve or Winterfest. Uh, I'm not saying there won't be anything like that in the future. But yeah, it's mainly focused in the capitals for a lot of it and for the special areas outside of that. Did well, we and, all uh, see and, uh, in chat Phineas T. Roto Santa? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Papa Phineas. <laughs> it's not time yet. It's only June. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure since this is our first holiday experience, there's going to be, uh, you know, this is the first rendition of it. I'm I'm sure as, as each year goes on, it's going to grow and get larger and larger and yeah. larger. Uh, just like every other game, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, Every other game that has had holiday season, it wasn't this grandiose thing the first year that they ever had it. Uh, I am I'm definitely looking forward to Shades Eve. I'm looking forward to the the content specific stuff. Um, uh, you, you who can, can you say who's taking over holidays? If you're not... um, the name's probably not going to mean much. Okay, new person. I... Got it. Based on <laughs> who can we invite he's next he, He's been uh, the the lead content designer for a while. Um, he has now taken over events in general. Um, he was with me on WoW for uh-huh. a long time doing holidays, so I have the utmost faith in the man. <laughs> awesome. That's good. Now, I'm curious. Do you like to pull a time travel from time to time and just observe players or groups as they go through content like ship hands and kind of laugh in the shadows silently as they just get wiped in the gauntlet? I would love to. I actually don't have that capability, but I do kind what? of spy people in another way. Because I'm in there playing with you guys <laughs> all the time. I have stood by each and every one of you at some point. <laughs> you haven't known. Wait, real, like <laughs> us? Us? Yes. That's yes, weird. You, oh, you what? three people. I have been next to you, all of you. That's now, now. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I'm, I'm in there playing. I, I play both Exile and Dominion. I have 50 on both sides. And... I I love listening to what people are saying. I'm in a lot of the chat channels. I listen to people's feedback without them realizing that there's a dev listing, which is the best way to learn your feedback. Right. Cadium is the caller inside the house, is what she's basically saying. <laughs> 
yeah, it's coming from inside. It, it it makes me so happy when when I know devs or find out that devs are actually playing the game outside of just you know their time developing the game. You know, because it's like you know, during the day it's your job and that's what you're working on, that's what you're doing. But it makes me so happy and excited when. I know that devs are actually going out on their free time and playing the game because then they're seeing the content in a different eye. Yes, they technically work on it, but they're seeing, you know, like the actual way that you're supposed to be playing. Because, you know, you're like, oh, you're playing a ship hand and you screw up and you go, okay, well, we're going to reset this. And you guys go all the way back to the beginning and you reset it. And, you know, you're, you're having to deal with, you know, dealing with pugs, dealing with, you know, um, you know, lag issues or stuff like that that you wouldn't normally be dealing with because you guys are working on a development side of it. So yeah. it makes me very happy. Yay! This is my happy. Oh, yeah. yeah, you you see all sorts of stuff that you would never see, um, you know, just reading the forums and everything. And I love it. I love hearing what people have to say. What? Wrong with Doc. I don't know. <laughs> Last stream, something really funny happened. We were doing, Indigo and I were doing PvP, and time travel was in one of our PvP matches. And uh, on stream, I said something to the effect of, like, I don't know what team I'm on. Or I thought we were on this team, but we ended up being on the opposite team. And uh, the next time I joined a match, I got, like, a server message that said, you were on team, or you're on red team, or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> did I, I just jealous. get trolled? Like, <laughs> Yes. The answer is yes. Which is why <laughs> I, I think... Kadian was saying that she's just, it's not all just Wildstar and everything else. She's a big fan of paper, yeah, pen and paper D&D, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Oh, yeah. I, I played tabletop RPGs all the time. I play board games. I custom paint amiibos. Like, oh my god, that is awesome. Don't, Don't, you, dare do <laughs> Don't you dare custom paint amiibos? No, he, I'll, he I'll talk about it in post show. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, outside of the world of Wildstar, um, what, uh, what uh, pen and paper um, games do you play? Tabletop. Oh, this, this is going to start an edition war. Um, I... Generally, I'm currently edition involved in. I I actually really like fourth edition. I don't like fifth edition. Hey, much. someone else! Please feel free to string me up. I feel that fifth <laughs> is kind of rushed and a little weird. Um, I also play Pathfinder. Uh, I have I'm in a couple games of Pathfinder right now. Uh, I also play Numenera. Um, so that's a fun time. I've never played Numenera. I've never uh, even heard of Numenera. Uh, I Pathfinder. Fourth edition, I played uh, three point five. Played a lot. Clearly, if you play Pathfinder, you know, yeah, it's yeah. kind of have to have three point five. Yeah, I have. I I own the fifth edition books and I've read through them. I have yet to find a group that's willing to play fifth edition. So that's that's it's, something. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how it was with fourth edition for a long time too. Everyone was like, yeah. "Wait, hold no. on, hold on." People don't like change. Is that what you're telling me? Like, I think that's people the resistance don't... to change. Wait, wait, wait no. whoa! People, that, people whoa. in today's age that still play pen and paper RPGs don't <laughs> change. It's really what? you should say. So, as it in chat asks me what my favorite pen and paper games are, and uh, Paranoia would be my favorite one. I. I'm normally somebody who DMs Paranoia. I am the person behind the scenes playing the computer and making everybody's life hell. I have introduced several of my coworkers to it. It is a great deal of fun. Googling right now. <laughs> Do you ever get like inspiration for something that you put into the game that you work on from a pen and paper game that you're playing or from like another sure. game that you're playing? Oh yeah, like uh, hell in WoW it was really funny because I would put a bunch of people that I kind of had encountered in and had a good time with like as NPCs in the game and then they would find their NPC and be like wait what? Who was this? Who did this? 
uh, one notable <laughs> exception was one when I put a, a guy into Brewfest, and he was so upset that he existed <laughs> that he contracted the Horde to kill him for <laughs> the NPC because he was an imposter. <laughs> so upset. <laughs> uh, so, so then I should just assume that all of the pets that are named Indigo are after me, right? That's oh, what exactly. I, I mean, that's yeah. just not. <sighs> that giant ego is even the color bigger. that doesn't matter at all. Nope. Yeah, just. Uh... Sorry, come on. He's, You're telling he'll me never. He'll never let us live that down now. No, I won't. Would you? He's... If it were, if basically, it were... he's trying to say to me. I have stuff in the game named after me before you, and you'll never get your space taco truck. You're telling me if there was a space taco truck in the game, you would not every single episode just be like, there's a space taco truck. Our UI background would only be the space taco truck. It would be like a little gift that runs across the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Just me and Moose on a space taco truck. Buy four tires. (laughs) Moose actually made one from scratch. Yeah, Moose did make one from scratch. It's awesome. We streamed that a while ago. I shall not rest. We need multi-person mounts just to run into our war zone. You know, if you had a, think stop. about it. They're not going to devs four, aren't going to come on anymore if you just harass them mounts? about dumb shit the whole time. God damn it, dude. <laughs> this is every day, it's fine. Oh, yeah, we're <laughs> See, used to she's it. fighting for it. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any uh, other funny. parts of the game uh, that you are particularly involved with? So I am in charge of the capital cities, and not their initial layout, but I've been in charge of putting stuff in for a long time. Uh, there are a lot of little incidental changes coming to the capital cities as well uh, in this coming patch, so that'll be good. Were you, trying were to make you, things convenient. Were you involved with adding the... Uh, I don't... See, it sucks because I'm the worst at, at uh, the XL city, even though I've spent more time in XL than, than I have in Ilium. Yeah. They, 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 they. Uh, in Ilium, uh, all of the uh, uh, Dominion leads now have a location. Uh, yep. in, were you involved with that? Um, I think the person who was putting in the uh, the achievement was in charge of that. Actually, it wasn't necessarily me. Oh, okay. I liked it, so I was going to get it. Yeah, no, it's cool. But I, so, I appreciate the attempt to give me props, go, but that was they not They can me. go fuck themselves. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, okay. the question is, why does Thades still look like a refugee camp? It looks like a refugee camp in lore because the it exiles is. are busy doing other things. It looks like a refugee camp realistically because it is a lot of work to change art in the city. and Because the devs are busy doing other things. It's very hard <laughs> to, to justify like uh, adjusting that over time. It's something that, dude, we talk about all the time. It's also something yeah. that constantly updating a city to work with the living lore just takes too much it takes some time it's for everything a lot else. of work. It really is. Well, and, and not only that, it doesn't make sense to, like, have it completely built up if you're starting... Sc- unless you're, like, making phased versions of the same capital city, which would and be... And that gets really dicey idea. really fast. Oh, yeah. That's a horrible idea, you know? Like, I think there's a couple of areas in the game where there's phasing involved, where it's like, if I've done sections of the, of the map that Krug hasn't done, then we literally just will walk together and one of us will disappear. And we're like, where'd you go? Like, I'm still standing like that, that i hate that and i'm glad that they're not doing that and that's probably why a lot of it still continues to look as a refugee because when you land you're supposed to be a part of the original group that's going out and that's as much lore as i know also we're kind of <laughs> <ends up> being <laughs> really weird. Well, also we're kind of stuck with this whole thing with the entity and Tracera, so cleaning up our bedrooms isn't really the prime thing we're worrying about right now in fade 
Like, we don't just throw a blanket over it and call it done. We're a little Oh, you're moment. making shitty analogies. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. You know, my, my bed's okay. made. Like, I don't know if you... It's, yeah, like, it's pretty clean. time to say, look, the bed looks really nice. Mine Look is two. I mean, you... not really, but whatever. No, no, no. I kind of went like this with the blanket. Okay, I think we should uh, start wrapping it up a little bit. We'll go into post-show, and uh, we'll talk a little more about over there. So, uh, Kadium, where can we find you on social media? So you can find me on Twitter at TizKadium, T-I-S, Kadium. So, and you spell Kadium, C-A-Y-D-I-E-M. So come and tweet me. I respond a ton. I answer questions there all the time. So if you have a question and it's something that I can't answer, I will definitely try to answer it for you. She's pretty awesome like that. And you're pretty active in the forums, too, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I do try to post when there's something I can talk about, yeah. Nice. Most of the time she goes, I have an answer, but I can't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that really wins me friends when I say that. <laughs> Indigo, where can we find you? You can uh, find me, as always, at Indigo Jones QT on Twitter. You can also find me running the uh, Q Times Facebook page, uh, as well as the SUS Facebook page. But... Very, very soon the uh, STOS Facebook page is going bye-bye. So make sure if you are following us on STOS, make sure to go over and follow us on QTimes because that is where we are going to give out all of our uh, future content yeah, coming from one location instead getting of multiple. really hard to manage multiple locations like that. And it's probably a little easier for you guys to, to follow stuff uh, from one location. And speaking of which, Krug, where can we find you? Krug can be found at KrugQT on Twitter. There's no longer an at Strange underscore Tales Twitter account. It is now at KrugQT. So you can it's keep following me. I'll keep talking about Wildstar. I'll keep talking about other stuff. If you want to know all of the uh, Strange Tales news, you can follow at underscore QTimes. That's underscore Q-U-E-U-E-T-I-M-E-S. Uh, you can also email me at krug at qtimes.com. That's Q-U-E-U-E-T-I-M-E-S.com. Uh, and then if you want to email all three of us, you can email stos at qtimes.com. That's Q-U-E-U-E-T-I-M-E-S.com. And you can find me at DocQT on Twitter. It's the best way to reach me. As for myself, I am Doc. This is Strange Tales from Outer Space, episode 51. I have once again with me Krug. Bye. Indigo. Good night. Our very special guest, Cadium. Bye, everyone. And that's it for all of us this week. We will talk to you guys later. Wow, what the noise fuck was, was that, that sound? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's okay. So I've had myself on touch. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> This week, so she's been kind of running in and out. We saw that. My brother then showed up and put a piece of something in his mouth. I panned my camera to show the people who was there. People, look, people in the chat said he looks like uh, like Krug's long lost twin brother. He it was does. pretty funny. Yep. And he waited for me to start talking so then he could do this. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs>